0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special episode of the Three Course Politics Podcast. This is Hills, and Josh and I are going to do something special for you today. I'm about to go on a trip for a week, so Josh and I had a little trouble coordinating times, but we really value as a listener of the podcast and we didn't want you to go uh, a bunch of of time without hearing our thoughts on the debate and what to look for in the coming weeks so Josh and I are going to give you our takes on the debate I'm going to go first and you're just going to hear from me and then Josh, you're going to hear from Josh and his takes on the debate Um, and you can see which one you like better Uh, it'll be I haven't heard Josh's yet, so it's going to be a fun podcast. And if you have any questions, you can always email us. But without further ado, uh, here is my take on the debate. It is time for my recap of the debate. I'm gonna go through the candidates. I'm gonna tell you what I think they did and how they did and maybe what to look for in the in the coming weeks as the dust settles from the, I think it's the third or the fourth, uh, fourth Democratic primary debate of the 2020 season. So I'm gonna start with Tulsi Gabbard. I really don't like Tulsi Gabbard. I think, I don't actually understand what she's doing in this campaign. She seemed to side with the Syrian dictator Assad Um, She didn't really blame Trump for the withdrawals in Syria. I just don't understand how she has a base of support. Honestly, I can see her being excluded from the coming debates, and she'll hopefully drop out soon because I don't don't actually think she adds anything to this conversation. So that was Tulsi. Uh, Next, I'm going to talk about Julian Castro. Castro has been on my uh my shit list because he did a really stupid thing at the past debate uh slamming joe biden for his age and making it seem like he can't remember things i thought that was really bad i mean i don't really see i didn't see him having any real value in this debate i think the enduring value that he's going to have in this campaign is moving the needle on immigration and and you know putting that into a, a clearer focus but I honestly don't think he really contributed much to this debate. I don't think it moved his candidacy really. I think he should either think about running for Senate where uh, he's probably more needed or he should really drop out. Um, Again, I think he kind of damaged his brand to a lot of Democrats, um, but with the exception of pushing the Democrats on immigration. So we'll see what he does and we'll see how much funding he has in the future. Uh, Tom Steyer. So Tom Steyer is a billionaire. He is a liberal billionaire, which there are very few of because everyone likes to keep their money. But Tom Steyer is very progressive and he launched the Need to Impeach campaign and that's partially how he got more name recognition. He sunk a lot of money into his campaign already. I thought he did fairly okay, I thought he could have done better, you know, he he bought his way into the debate by just spending money to to get his name recognition out and register in polls, which isn't a bad thing, but I thought he could have really made a big splash on why he's up there. He played nice with a lot of people, he said some good things, he said, you know, everyone on this stage is better than Trump, which I think everyone needs to remember now and then, but I thought he could have really made a lasting impression on people. And he's got another chance. He's going to be in the next debate. So maybe that's he was just kind of feeling it out and seeing what he's comfortable with. But I think, honestly, if he's going to be in these debates and he's going to be polling at, uh, I think he's at 4 or 5% sometimes and depends on the poll, he needs to make a splash at these debates, honestly. And that's what I think he needs to do in the next one. But you'll see more of him, and I'm sure he'll blink at the airwaves as well. Beto or Rourke? Next one for me. I don't know I uh I thought he fell a little flat I mean so the whole storyline is that Beto was the hot new ticket in town and then Pete Buttigieg launched on the scene so Pete stole away a lot of Beto's thunder and Beto had a really good moment last debate with uh when the the gun massacre happened in Odessa Texas and he really leaned into that and I think it's I think it's great for him. He got into a, uh, a bit of a verbal argument with Buttigieg um, when Buttigieg said, I don't need any lessons and courage from you. And I think it really, I don't know, this is my personal take on this. I don't think Beto has been doing very well in these debates. I don't think he's shown why the, the inspiration he, he, he brought to the Senate race in 2018, he's not bringing it to the presidential level. And I think it's a really big problem for him. And I think I don't know what his cash flow looks like, but I'm imagining that is dwindling as the field kind of coalesces. But again, sort of like Castro, he's brought this gun debate and moved the needle on that. So as what you're seeing through these debates and kind of what you're probably going to see at the end of this primary season is that these candidates may not be winning. But they're all bringing like a piece of the puzzle that the eventual Democratic nominee is going to incorporate, which is whether it's the movement on immigration, whether it's the movement on assault weapons and what's possible. These candidates are pushing the edges of that. And I'm sure that'll be enveloped in a presidential campaign of whoever wins. So, again, I don't think he did that well. And honestly, I don't really see a path for him. He should honestly run for Senate in Texas. I think he's got a really good shot. Uh, Better shot than he does at the president, give you that much. Booker. So I don't really understand Booker's strategy here. He does well at all these debates. Um, He's better. He's back to the more inspiring Booker that I think a lot of people remembered in 2012. But honestly, I don't see his strategy going forward. He's barely registering in polls. The debates are not translating to on-the-ground support. They say that they're going to be organizing, 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 um, but... I don't know when you have a campaign that his campaign sent out last month that they needed three million to get to the next step, right? Or they were going to be out of the campaign, and they raised that, they did it. But you can only play those cards so many times. So I think he's maybe auditioning for VP pick, and he's not a bad VP pick. I think he people have to weigh checks and balances, but honestly, I think I don't think he has a way forward. I think. He may start to get excluded from the debates as the threshold gets higher, and he's not—he's not breaking it in. He's not having these moments where everyone's talking about him. He's not—he's. There's only a few candidates on the stage that really showed that they were—they want to be president. They want to serve the country. They want it, and I didn't think Booker was one of them, to be honest. Next up, we got Amy Klobuchar. She's a senator from Minnesota. I think Amy Klobuchar is is extremely intelligent woman. I think she could be a vice presidential pick. I don't. I didn't see she was more lively in this debate, and she clearly had some attacks ready for Elizabeth Warren. But there's a couple of things here. Number one, I don't. I don't like her zingers, her her jokes. I don't. They kind of fall flat for me. I I just don't think she delivers them that well. But uh, more importantly, I don't quite understand her targeting of Warren. Amy Klobuchar is more moderate in her policies than Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders. So any attack on Elizabeth Warren doesn't necessarily mean that those people. If someone's like, "Well, yeah, thanks for thanks for highlighting that," I'm gonna rethink my choices. They're not gonna go to Amy Klobuchar. They're gonna go to Bernie or Pete. They're not anyone who gets off from that progressive stage. Is not going to go to Amy Klobuchar so I'm not really sure why she didn't attack more Biden or Pete which are more of her core voters in this primary debate Um, again I think she could be a great VP pick but I honestly am am wondering how much longer she's going to be at these debates I think she brings a really intelligent view on things I think you know she's more moderate and that's okay but I didn't quite see I think she's just you don't see that fire in her, you know, at least I don't see the fire in her. So that's my take on Amy Klobuchar. Next up, we have uh, Kamala Harris. Uh, Harris had a breakout first debate when she went after Joe Biden. Um, although her poll numbers have dropped considerably in the past few weeks and she's centering her whole campaign on Iowa which she's not doing that well in the polls in Iowa I gotta gotta say I thought she was good in this debate she I think she tried to toe the line a little bit too much of being I'm progressive but also not progressive but I'm trying to be someone else I'm not someone else she also focused on trump's twitter handle which i agree with but that's not a presidential level debate someone sitting in their house really trying to figure out who they're going to vote for and who's going to make their life better they don't want to hear about the constant news cycle that's informed and led by twitter all the time and yeah trump probably needs to be off twitter but i don't i that's not a that's not a debate thing you should that's a way to score cheap points that i don't think it's going to land on anyone she should have really drill down on why she is the most qualified and why she should be president of the united states i still don't think we've gotten that argument yet from her i think there's still time but there's time time is slipping away for a lot of these candidates however as i said in past episodes i think she can be biden's vp pick we'll see what happens uh andrew yang the yang gang so yang uh Got to congratulate Yang. He brought his universal basic income plan mainstream. They were debating debating on it on stage, um, and it's, it probably will be incorporated in some level to whoever the candidate is. Yang is a very interesting factor. He I never think he does very well in these debates. I you know I think he has very short lines. They're very kind of they're not as easy to understand for some people. But then again, he's got this really core base of support. He's. I mean, I know people who really love Andrew Yang, and I think he's got some interesting ideas. There's nothing against him, but I don't see how he really expands from that, and I think he actually will end up being a kingmaker. Uh, he's, his core base of support, he may not be registering polls, but I think he's got more support than leads on. So watch Andrew Yang, and more importantly, watch who he endorses and how forcefully he endorses them. I think his, his base of support is really centered on him his style his ideas so whoever he ends up uh ends up endorsing he's got to come out for them strong and i actually think it can move the needle so he's someone to watch in terms of who he and what his actions are going forward uh we're we're in the final stretch we got four more bernie sanders sanders uh had a big debate because his health issues he had heart attack recently and People were like, well, can this guy even be on the debate stage? Bernie was sharp. He showed that he was in it. He showed that he was (laughs) still alive. Um, And I think he probably uh, quelled the viewers of a lot of people. Uh, It came out that he's got the most cash on hand. He's got like $30 million in the bank um, because his fundraising is strong. His supporters are still there. They are not going anywhere. And I'm not sure anymore about these polls that show Warren, you know, really up on him in a lot of polls he's got a ton of money and he is going to compete Bernie you know health willing is in this race and he is not out yet as much as Josh and I have said before so I am revising my my thought and Sanders is in this for quite some time uh, you know unless something happens with his health um, and Pete I thought Pete won the debate honestly. I thought he had a stellar night. Um, A lot of people weren't sure. I was listening to some other folks like Pod Save America, and they weren't really sure um, about the aggressive Pete. Honestly, I thought Pete owned his lane. He's a moderate. He's a young moderate with progressive tendencies. He went after candidates. He showed people why he should be on that stage. He showed people why he wants the presidency. I just saw the fire in him. Um, And I actually thought it was good fire. I think, you know what, it's okay to play rough on stage, but there's a difference in roughness. The Julian Castro roughness with, you know, calling out Biden for having dementia maybe, that's wrong. Calling out Beto and taking him off his pedestal and, you know, showing people why you should be the one to be president, I think that's fair. I thought Pete had really good answers. I thought he went after the candidates he needed to go after. Um, the only thing with Pete is that he has a lot of progressive policy that he supported in the past and that he needs to answer for why he's not supporting those policies now. There was a tweet that he said last year that he unequivocally supported Medicare for all and now he's coming out with a slightly different plan. He may try to wiggle his way saying, you know, my plan, I still, still do, but I think this is more possible, but I really think, you know, you got to cut the bullshit. People are going to—just just give him a straight answer. Just say, you know what? I still do, but I think this is better, and here's why, and here's why I still think that. Just lay it out clearly for them. But honestly, I thought Pete had the best answers in the debate. He was sharp. He was ready to go. Um, and he's going to be in this for quite some time, uh, and he's going to be—I think he wants to be the alternative to Biden. Almost done. Biden— uh, You know, this is Biden's race to lose and he's losing it. I didn't think he was very sharp. I thought he came out on weird points. He slammed kind of uh, he wanted to show with Elizabeth Warren that he got the votes for the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the CFPB. Um, But he said it. he was trying to make the point that he knows how to get things done and that he knows how to get votes for things. But he said it really weirdly. He he just kind of said, I got the votes for that and tried to take something away from Warren. I don't know. I think his debate prep needs to be even sharper and people are, the polling is showing he's not having the impact that he used to have on people. Um, And he needs to be sharper in these debates. He needs to be sharper all around. And I don't think he also came out as strong um, to protect his son and using that limelight that it was given from the Trump impeachment part and... You know, I think it's going to show, and also, really big thing, he doesn't have a lot of cash. He's got $10 million in the bank, less than that. Um, for you and me, that's a lot of money. For a presidential campaign, that is a red flag. That And he's also spending more than he's taking in, which means he's not going to be able to compete in the Super Tuesday states. So Biden is in trouble. Um, he's not inspiring people as other people are, and it's showing. So watch what happens with him in the next few months, because it may be really bad. Warren, last one. Warren, I thought she could have been better prepared for a lot of things. I think she could have been prepared for some of the attacks that were going to come at her. However, I think she uh, needs to be a little bit sharper in defending her policies and maybe going after some other people. But I thought she really held her own and she was clearly the front runner. And she, I think she is the front runner and people are going to come after her more. But I think she did a pretty good job. I think um, her support will only go up after this. And I think next debate, she's just got to be sharper in um her responses and her attacks. she is kind of loath to attack some people she's got a lot of cash she's got like 25 million in the bank so she's really good and she's in this for the long haul so that's uh that's everything and i'm not sure what josh is saying but i'm sure uh he is presenting uh even better than i am but that's my take on the debates and uh now over to josh
1: Hello, everybody. This is Josh coming to you, uh, not without Hillsy this time, going solo. Uh, and I wanted to give you my takes on the Democratic debate from Tuesday night. You've already heard Hills' take, but we all know that my takes are better. And that's why you're still here listening to my takes instead of his. So, let's go ahead and get started. I'm going to give you a quick rundown of the candidates and uh, how – All 12 of them did. So we'll start with Tulsi Gabbard, the representative from Hawaii. Um, Tulsi Gabbard really annoyed me this night. Uh, I just thought that her takes were very anti-democratic, very pro-Trump. She had a lot of talking points about how the media is rigged, not being fair to her. Uh, You know... How it's not true, fake news, and we already heard all of that before. We heard all of that whenever Trump opens his mouth. So Tulsi Gabbard barely qualified. I don't think she will make the next debate. I think this was her her last chance, barring um, some kind of miracle. So uh, Tulsi Gabbard was uh, not. It was not a great night for her, for in my opinion. I'll move on to Julian Castro. Uh, the former secretary of the HUD department. uh, Julian Castro uh, also did not have a great night. I think it's hard to recover from what he did with Joe Biden. He kind of soured himself to a lot of Dems. Um, You know, I think his positions were fine. He didn't attack anyone. But I don't think he really uh, did a lot to make a name for himself. I I don't think he qualifies for the next debate. Um, So I think... We're already down two candidates. Not a great night for Julian. I think the third debate really is what did him in the de- debate in September when he went after Joe Biden in a very, very harsh way. So, uh, move on to Tom Steyer, the billionaire entrepreneur. Um, he also did not have a great night. <laughs> I don't think Tom Steyer knows exactly what he's doing Uh you know, you don't have a great night when everyone on Twitter and social media is obsessed about your tie. Tom Steyer had this ridiculous looking tie down there. Um, you know, I don't foresee him. Uh, ma- you know, he, he is, well, he, so unfortunately, he did make the next debate stage somehow, some way. I don't foresee him uh, actually going far in this primary. I think, you know, hopefully this is the last week we've seen of him. Um, he's not a bad guy I just don't think he has any real policies um, Didn't really provide a lot of substance So that will be Tom Steyer. Uh Next is Beto O'Rourke Oh Beto How I wish Beto would just run for the Senate in Texas again um, You know, Beto just He seems to have lost that spark uh, I forgot he was on the debate stage for most of the night I did not remember. He was like, oh, yeah, Beto's still there. Uh, You know, that's weird. Um, He didn't really have any memorable nights. He tried to mix it up with Pete Buttigieg, and he lost all of that. Tried to, you know, ride this gun wave But we're going to take your AR-15s, and, um, you know, he kind of went after Pete on that, and Pete kind of shut him down. So I don't think Beto really had a great night either. Um, and Beto has also not qualified for the next debate, so he really needs to, uh, do better there. All right, next up, <clears throat> we've got Cory Booker. Um, you know, I thought Cory Booker had a couple of really good lines. Uh, I think Booker's message of love is once again, uh, coming up. He, um, you know, he was very, very, he had some good, good moments, I thought, I, I, don't think you know his message of love and how we need to stop attacking each other and start attacking donald trump is a very very uh weird message especially when the moderators are asking you about impeaching the president um so he needs to be careful there um he's had good debate performances in in the past and i think he uh does I think he has already qualified for the next debate. Um, but he's got to really hone in on his message. Because right now his message is not great. So um, that's Cory Booker. Uh, Amy Klobuchar. We're going to move on to Amy Klobuchar. I, I skipped her earlier. We'll go back to her. She has also not qualified for the next debate yet. I don't believe. Um, I actually thought Amy Klobuchar had a really good debate. I thought she presented herself as a moderate. Who is... Someone that if you don't like Biden um, or Mayor Pete and you want a woman there who is more moderate, uh, that's her. Uh, she needed a good debate, debate performance if she's going to make the debate in November. Um, I thought that her performance overall was strong. She had a lot of really good moments. She attacked Warren on a, on a bunch of things. So she went really hard after Warren. Um, and I think it paid off for her. So I'm curious to see where she goes from here. She's been puttering around kind of the lower tier of candidates. She really needs to make a push here. We'll see what she can do. I think, though, she had a very good debate night. Uh, we are back on track, and we're gonna talk about Kamala Harris. Um, Kamala Harris, really since the first debate, in my opinion, has not had a really good debate since then. I think a lot of her opinions are very rehearsed. She seems Almost uncomfortable up on the up on the debate stage, she attacks people for really weird reasons. She wanted Warren to guarantee her that she would join her cause to shut down Trump's Twitter account. It's like, are we really talking about this? These are kind of the small petty things that Americans don't really care about. We don't care about Trump's Twitter handle. You know, we don't want him to tweet so much, but who who cares? What are you gonna do to make lives of Americans better? She always brings out stuff about her as a prosecutor and as a DA, and, you know, I just, don't, I just don't think she's been able to find that magic that she had at the very, very beginning. I think she is falling down on the tier of uh, candidates that are available, and, you know, she'll stick it out, but it would not surprise me if sometime after Iowa she were to drop. Uh, time for Andrew Yang, the Yang Gang. <laughs> the Yang gang is real. Now, a lot of people don't like Andrew Yang. A lot of people think his $1000 a month for everybody is ridiculous and will bankrupt the country. How is he going to pay for it? He is similar to Bernie in that he only has one issue. He is not a rehearsed politician. You can see that when he's on the debate stage. But the Yang gang is gaining a lot of Speed is gaining a lot of popularity. He keeps rising in the polls. He is all over social media. Uh, it's true, I tell hills all the time, I say when Andrew Yang drops out, because Andrew Yang will not be the nominee, but when he drops out, his endorsement is going to be key. People are going to want that Yang gang endorsement because his fans absolutely love him. Andrew Yang, he hoverboards, he plays basketball, he crowd surfs. He's just a different candidate. You know, I don't know what a lot of his policies are still. He's very, very into this, you know, new industrial revolution idea. The factories are coming, the robots are coming. It's very Terminator esque, but it's popular, it's resonating with people, and people want to see more of him. So Andrew Yang is going to be around for the the long haul. I really think we could see Andrew Yang even on the uh, the South Carolina ballot, which is just. Insane. Uh, We will now move to Bernie Sanders. Uh, First off, I think we can all agree that it's nice to see Bernie Sanders up there after his heart attack. You know, uh, no one wants to see that happen to someone. But you could not tell Bernie Sanders had a heart attack. That guy must have got a new heart or something because he was the most energetic candidate of the night. He was his usual Bernie self. He recovered from that sore throat that he had and where his voice was all messed up. Uh, in the date debate in September, he was lively. He was the most lively candidate, I thought. Uh, you know, he did a really nice job of, once again, laying out his points. You don't know what his points are, but he said it with passion, right? He's very lively. He had a couple of humorous moments, as one does. He handled the question about his health really well, actually. And, you know, Bernie Sanders has the money. He's got a ton of money. He's got a lot of support. Bernie Sanders, whether you like him or not, we're going to be seeing a lot of him. And, You know, he had a very strong debate performance tonight. Uh, We are on to our top three candidates, in my view. Top three candidates. Pete Buttigieg. I thought Pete Buttigieg won the debate stage last night. Uh, He came across as presidential. He knew what he was talking about. He got to talk about his foreign policy chops, which, as a mayor in Indiana, is something that people want to know. Do you know about foreign policy? Turns out he does, because he served in the military. People tried to come after him. Their hits did not land. Elizabeth Warren. Uh, he attacked her really, really well, and had and you know was calling her plans invisible and she's dodgy. And this is what people hate about Washington. He's using that anti-Washington feed, uh, and he's using it really, really well. He had his best debate performance by far. He's got a ton of money. A new poll in Iowa said that he was currently ahead of Sanders in Iowa, so he's a top three candidate in Iowa very reminiscent to me of that obama character that's starting to gain momentum a little bit um i'll be very curious to see how his debate in november shaped uh shapes out but he is someone to be taken very very seriously uh i think he's if he can keep this up i think he definitely has a potential to be a top three candidate for a lot of people so we'll now move down to uh joe biden uh, Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, Joe Biden came into this race as an undisputed number one. It was his race to lose. And he is losing it, people. He is losing it. And that frightens me because I th- I still think he's probably the best candidate to uh, take on Trump. But a number of things that Biden says, it just, you know, the whole Sleepy Joe argument, which is so ridiculous, it, it works. He plays right into Trump's hands. He either comes across as yelling, and he was a little bit of mansplaining, which is going to piss off the snowflake liberals. Um, but, you know, he can't give a, a concise answer. He can't just give a, a very concise, here's my answer on this. It's always around the world, and I'll bring in this story, and this story, and I'll say this offhand remark that people get offended by. You know, I just... I just don't think Joe, it's not the same Joe Biden that we all remember from 2008 and 2012, who whipped Sarah Palin, who whipped uh, Paul Ryan. He's just not the same candidate. And you can blame that on his age. You can blame it on the loss of his son. But he's just not the same candidate. And he really needs to turn it around. If Joe Biden does not turn this around, he will be out of the race sooner than people think. I'm not saying he won't be on the stage in Iowa or New Hampshire or uh, South Carolina or whatever, but Joe Biden could start to see his numbers slip, and he really needs to start getting it together. He has to realize now at this point that it's not a cakewalk. There are some very serious candidates that he needs to start taking seriously. Speaking of those serious candidates, Elizabeth Warren. Um, Elizabeth Warren is now the frontrunner. Whether the polls indicate that or not, she is the definite front runner in this party right now. And because she's the front runner, everyone attacked her. So she had a an okay night. I didn't think she I she had a great night, but it's hard to have a great night when everyone's attacking you. Uh, you know, when you I would have liked her to have more time. Because when you have 12 candidates, it's really hard to someone have someone give a distinct answer on something. They only have 30 seconds. And so, you know, we've all seen this healthcare debate play out, and who's it gonna be, and and whose plan is the best? And you only have thirty seconds to explain your healthcare plan, and that's tough, you know. Uh, She had a bunch of really good moments in the debate, but when you're getting attacked the whole time, then you're not gonna have a strong debate. And she, and everyone attacked her: Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, uh, you know, Beto O'Rourke, Biden, Kamala. Everyone was attacking Warren, and that's what happens when you're the front runner. All that being said, I don't think much changes for her. I don't know anyone who has been on the Warren bandwagon recently and saw that performance uh, on Tuesday and was, and was like, yeah, she's done. I don't, wanna, I don't like her anymore. I don't think much really changed for her. She needs to keep on keeping on, and I think she will be fine. At this point right now, as I sit here in you know October uh, of 2019, which the election is still, you know, over a year away, I do think Warren right now is the front runner of this uh of this field. I do think she is the, she is the front runner, and I have a little pick for you guys as well, the bold pick. But I think if Warren is the nominee, I think she pick, picks uh, Pete Buttigieg as her VP as her as her VP, and we get a Warren Buttigieg ticket. You get the old and the young, you get the east and you get the midwest. You get the super liberal and the moderate. You have your first openly gay candidate who's on the ticket. First woman candidate. Warren will be strong on Trump. She'll be able to hit him in a lot of places. And Pete Buttigieg will destroy Mike Pence. And that is one that I look forward to. I think a Pence-Buttigieg debate would be awesome. They're both from Indiana. But I think that Pence would have a very tough time debating Pete. When Pete talks about coming out, talks about his service, uh, all things that Trump and Pence cannot talk about, it uh, it makes for a very, very intriguing vice presidential debate, which w- those ones are usually a snooze fest. So that is my bold pick. That is how I thought all the candidates did. Uh, after hearing my thoughts, I'm sure you agree that mine was better than Ben Hilsey. You can let him know. Uh, and thanks for listening very much, guys.
0: Bye. So that sums it up. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. I hope you enjoyed both uh, my take and Josh's take. So uh, a couple things before you go. The intro and outro music is by Brett Hillsberg. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe. If you aren't already, please tell someone you know to listen and hopefully subscribe. Uh, The more that you share about the, the podcast, the bigger we can be and the more people we can talk to. If you want to donate, you can go to the info section on the episode. And if you have any questions, you can always email us at threecorespolitics at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye.